could a simple question have a paranormal answer? And then we travel to Crisfield, Maryland, where a man is at war with a witch. Is it possible that an old-timey remedy could end the witch forever? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys have a great weekend. First off, let's give a shout out to our newest Patreon supporter, Cyan River. Cyan, thank you so much for supporting the show. Great name as well. Very beautiful, very evocative. If you can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. Just help get the word out about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. Now, Cyan, I'm going to toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy, but we're not going to go anywhere just yet. I want to have a little comment about uh, yesterday's episode, okay? So yesterday's episode (laughs) just kind of ended, and uh, it it seemed to depress a lot of people. And a couple of you reached out to me and was like, hey, man, is everything okay? Is everything okay? Misty, I I appreciate it. And a lot of people did that, actually, but everything's okay. It's funny because that's not the way I intended on ending that episode. Can't think of a good name. Also, I was talking to them on YouTube as well about this. That wasn't the original ending of the episode. It was very emotional. If you haven't listened to it, it was an episode about uh, committing suicide while you were asleep, and I was relating a story of a friend of mine who had killed himself. And it's funny because even in the episode, I go, "This isn't." I didn't intend the episode to be this dark. I just was talking about the subject, and it was obviously hard for me to talk about. Hope is what I was trying to get across. The I was supposed to have a more uplifting ending. It's about life. Is about hope. That's one of the biggest factors in I believe your quality of life is how much hope. You have. And it was supposed to be basically like what my friend who killed himself, maybe he killed himself, maybe it was an accident. I don't know. I don't know all the specifics, but I have hope that it was something different. And that may be misplaced hope. That may be like I use the analogy of the life raft. It may be something that I'm clinging onto that doesn't have any rationale. But I hope for a better answer than the one reality has presented to me. It was supposed to have a hopeful ending. It was supposed to be like we move forward and we try to find truths in things that don't mean to make sense, but we have hope that in the end they will make sense. All of that got lost because I basically just kind of trailed out at the ending and then (laughs) then the episode just ended. So I want to let you guys know that one, I'm 100% fine. I'm not super depressed or anything about it too. I've always seen this show, we talk about dark topics, we talk about paranormal, conspiracy, true crime, and stuff like that, but, and I think a lot of you guys have picked up on this, I like to, I I don't mind telling a scary story, I don't even mind creeping you guys out, or maybe even sometimes bumming you guys out, but I hope for a better future, and I look at all of these stories, I try not to focus on ones that leave you with super negative emotions, Uh, Sometimes it can make you question things like the justice system or just justice in general. It can make you question things about what is reality and things like that. I'm not trying to sugarcoat stuff, but at the end of the day, I always try to be more hopeful. I'm a very hopeful person, and I think that comes across on the show. Yesterday's episode, I'm not really apologizing for it. I I think it was a good story, but I think that I didn't really (laughs) get to the ending of it, which is I have hope that things will make sense in the end. I hope you I hope you guys feel the same way. I don't want to be about scaring people. 
there's a lot of conspiracy theorists who do that, and that's their bread and butter, is they say, tomorrow, 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 the world's going to end, and the globalists are going to come in, and they're going to do all this horrible stuff. Buy my merchandise now, because tomorrow you may not have a chance. That that was a pretty good impression of a particular conspiracy theorist, but I, I, I'm not just putting it all on him. There's a lot of people who do that. I don't want to be the person who sells fear like that. I'll make you scared of the boogeyman or the faceless man in your kitchen or... Chester Cheetah in the bathroom or the dog eating the the cereal. I like to make you scared, but I don't ever want to make you guys feel hopeless. Um, I see a lot of entertainment value in what we're talking about. I feel like at this point I might be rambling, but I just wanted to clear that up. Yesterday's episode was supposed to end on a hopeful note, that sometimes we hold on to things that may not actually be true, but we hope they are because it's a more satisfactory answer than the one that reality leaves with us. And sometimes hope is all you have to cling to. That was what the how I originally wanted that to go across. Instead, I just kind of got quiet and edited out, honestly, about a minute and a half of me just sitting there quietly and trying to think of how to recover that ending. And then I just go, there's no way I can do that. So I wanted to clear that up. Uh, everything's going great on my end. I hope everything's going great for you guys. Hope is one of the most underrated yet powerful things in our life. It is the one thing that no matter how bad things are, hope for a better tomorrow, can it can really make a big difference. So that is my, I hope, I hope that made sense. I hope that made sense. Here we go. Cyan, you got the keys to the Jason Jalopy. I'm getting a nod. We are leaving behind Hope. Hope Floats, where did that movie take place? <laughs> Nowhere, Hope Floats USA. We're leaving behind the Blockbuster Video Store that was playing Hope Floats because it's 1998. We are driving out to Stockton, California. So you know where this store is taking place if you know anything about Stockton, California? Yes! It's the meth capital of the world. So in Stockton, we're going to meet a man. He goes by the username ThoughtBot100. Now, this is actually a pretty quick story. Um, I said I was going to do uplifting stories this episode. This story definitely uplifts my spirits because it poses a very serious question to us. We walk into ThoughtBot's house. It's half dismantled. It only has two walls. The other walls he removed because he's building another house somewhere else. We walk into his house, there's two walls, half a ceiling, one-third of a floor. And we go, hey, ThoughtBot, we heard that you have a challenge for us skeptics, us meth skeptics. We don't believe that, well, we believe meth exists. We're not skeptical of the existence of meth. But, you know, I'm always talking trash about meth on my podcast and stuff like that. And he turns around. He does actually have a great question for us, though. He turns around. This is the question he posted on Reddit. The question that made me go, hmm, checkmate, meth head. I think you finally, I think you finally, uh, I think you finally made me a meth believer. The conceit is this, he says, as he takes a puff of his pipe. It's a Sherlock Holmes pipe, but it's full of meth. The conceit is this, young people. This is his question he posted on Reddit. You think that the voices in my head are just a hallucination, right? That is what your scientific people have told you, also known as scientists. They've told you this, right? But... I posit that the this guy actually pronounces words better than I do. I posit this theory that may become a conundrum for you. Takes another hit of his pipe. If the voices in my head are not psychic, then how do they know what I'm thinking? Hmm? His question really is, how do the voices in my head know what to say if they're not psychic, if they're not from some sort of external force? Now, us meth skeptics understand that a hallucinating person. He actually refers to himself. I've never heard this term. I don't know if this is a politically correct term, 
but he refers to himself as a voice-experiencing individual. Oh, no, 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 I'm not delusional. I'm a shadow man-seeing American. So apparently that might be the correct way to talk about people who are in the midst of meth psychosis. So anyways, how do the voices know what to say to him if they're not psychic? Now, we would go, well, because they're your voices, dude. Like, that'd be like me going like, hey, that's weird. Whenever I imagine something, I see it in my head. But how does my head know to project what I'm imagining? Well, it's because you're doing it. And that would be in any other <laughs> any other forum. People would go, well, that. But we're not on any other forum. We're on the subreddit for meth. Here is a quote from the esteemed philosopher Lil Suicide Note. Lil Suicide Note had this to say. As soon as I start hearing stuff, I just pop a Zan and they shut the F up. So yes, yes, as soon as the voices in your head appear, just take more drugs, take a uh, Zan, which is, I'm assuming not Zantac. I'm assuming it's not for their heartburn. Uh, Xanax would be a logical thing. It would be awesome, though, if if you were a voice-experiencing individual, you could just go and take some Zantac. Not only would it quell the shadow man shouting at you to get a facial tattoo, it would also cure that Taco Bell you ate earlier. So a little suicide note says that, and also came up with this great tip. The voice is in your head, right? The voice is in your head. Lil Suicide Note. Lil Suicide Note Esquire said this. By the way, many voices can be people outside. So basically, sometimes you might think you're hearing voices in your head going like, Hey, Billy, throw the ball. Oh, dude, that was such an awesome hit with that baseball bat. Oh, yeah, home run. And you're like, oh, my voice is in my head. Why are they doing this Little League game? It's actually, you might not have known this, but sometimes when you hear stuff... It's not in your it's not in your head. It comes from outside. It comes from stimulus. It comes from sound waves vibrating against your eardrums. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that? Thank you, little suicide note. By the way, many voices can be people outside that your brain thinks come from your imagination. So if you hear voices, just go asleep. That's a good tip from little suicide note. However, if somebody I I've never heard voices in my head. Right? I've never heard that. I'm not a voice-experiencing individual. But I would imagine... We've done stories about people hearing voices in their head, and they always say they could tell it was in their head. I would imagine I, if I did hear voices in my head, I wouldn't get it confused with, you know, any other, like... I would assume if I was hearing voices in my head that I wouldn't get it confused with just normal conversations going on outside. I don't know if people... I don't know if voice-experiencing Americans have to deal with them going like, oh, why do I keep hearing, why do I keep hearing this really loud carnival barker telling people to step on up? And they're like walking by the state fair and they're like, oh, my hallucinations, it sounds like 10,000 people in my head at once. I don't, I think you can tell the difference, but again, I'm not a voice experiencing individual. Secondly, that's not a good tip either. If you hear voices, just go to sleep. Don't go to sleep because the voices may be going, dude, dude, your house is on fire. Oh, no. And you're like, oh, hallucinations. No, you're not going to fool me this time. I'm just going to pop this Xanax and go to sleep. So voices on outside head may be good unless they're telling you to like, you know, like stick them up because you're in a 1920s gangster movie. Stick them up, wise guy. Uh, Maybe listen to those guys. You probably should because they're going to like shoot you with a Tommy gun if you don't. If voices in your head, probably don't listen to those. Then we have this guy named Miro Man. He said, this is very, very clever. I don't hear anything, is what he said. Uh, I see writing and images on textured surfaces and faces and clouds. And he shows a bunch of photos, a bunch of pictures. You can go online to look at pictures of, of gnomes 
You remember David the gnome? Or just the gnome in general, little pointy hat, little face. Did you know that sometimes a cloud can look like a dude with a beard? It's like clouds are the most beard-like things in existence anyways, outside of actual beards. Anyways, you can find photos. This guy's posted them. Hundreds of them, he says. I only looked at one of them, but gnomes in clouds. You know, it looks like a gnome. I'm not going to lie. It looks like a face with a beard, right? But anyways, he says he doesn't hear voices. He sees writings and images on textured surfaces and faces in clouds. And then he goes on to explain, it seems like a guardian spirit writing to me. These messages aren't just random. It's a guardian spirit reaching out to him. He says, it feels like a guardian spirit writing to me. It's telling me to quit meth. That would actually be quite the conundrum, right? Because what if you need meth to communicate with your guardian angel, but your guardian angel is telling you to stop doing meth? Like, that actually would be an issue. And I've said, yes, I've said the word conundrum twice in one episode. That's a good idea for all you writers out there. A man who can contact the supernatural and use that information for good or bad. It's up to you. I'm not going to write your book for you. That's your job. But he has to do meth to do it. Like, every time he tokes on meth, his guardian angel shows up and he's like, dude, 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 stop taking meth. Also, here's the winning lottery numbers. So he would have to, like, make a decision. Does he keep smoking meth? Does he keep smoking meth and win the lottery? Or... Does he not smoke meth and um, not win the lottery? There you go. That's the dilemma. They call that the hero's journey. That's that. There you go. I've just written your book for you. They actually that actually used to be the thing with Spawn. It used to be every time Spawn used his superpowers, he got weaker, and eventually he'd use so many of his superpowers he get dragged into hell. You're like Jason. What the hell are you talking about? What? That was a weird segue. Uh, I always thought that was an interesting thing, and then eventually they just go, "Oh no, that's not going to happen." And then he could use his powers all the time. Same thing in Star Trek Voyager. Originally, they were like, Voyager, you only have 70 torpedoes this whole mission. And then halfway through, it wasn't like halfway the first episode, they're like, oh, we found more. Here you go. Here's unlimited torpedoes. I, I think the idea of limitations is good. But Cyan, let's go ahead and we're leaving behind Stockton, California. Let's hop in that carpenter copter. We are headed out to Crisfield, Maryland. Helicopters flying away. Half of it's missing. It's being pawned off at some shop. Hey, look at this. I found an official part of the Dead Rabbit Copter, or whatever it's called. I don't, I don't pay attention to the show. They're selling off parts, but we don't care, right? We can rebuild it. I hope it's the fuel. They took our fuel line. So, Cyan, we now have the Carpenter Copter on the back of a tow truck. Tow truck is driving us. We're leaving behind halfway between Stockton and Crisfield, Maryland. We're going to get to Crisfield, Maryland. Got to have some repairs done on the carpenter copter. And while we're here, we're going to sit. We're going to watch a baseball game of the Crisfield Crabbers. Clock. That's the sound of a bat hitting a ball. It's not just me saying the word clock. We're watching a game of the Crisfield Crabbers, eating some hot dogs, popcorn, what have you. And also sitting on the stands is Kent Allard. Kent actually sent me the story. And if you'll remember, Kent Allard sent me the last time we went to Crisfield was the story about the man and the cabin. A really good episode. So thank you, Kent, for this submission. Tips his little baseball cap to us. Chris Field Crabbers, go home team. We're sitting here, and now everything's sepia-toned. We're going back to the year 1923. It's March 3rd. And this was reported in the Crisfield Times, which was a newspaper back then. So this story was reported in the Crisfield Times in 1923. I don't have a time for when this story actually took place, what year this actually took place. But it was reported in 1923, but we're imagining like old-timey Crisfield. 
It was a simpler time back then. People just went about their business as opposed to today. Everyone's a busybody. Everyone's looking in each other's windows. So we're walking through the sepia-toned city. And in the city, we're going to meet a man named Webb White. He's the local weirdo, right? He's the guy that everyone in town goes, oh, great. Here comes Webb White. He's a local weirdo. He lives with his wife on the outskirts of town. Now, he's a weirdo. He probably comes off as a conspiracy theorist, believer of the paranormal. What would be the equivalent of a conspiracy theorist in 1923? They're like, you know the Mayflower really didn't land in uh, Plymouth. It landed in the Florida Everglades. Like, how would you be a conspiracy theorist when... Like, what would you... King George still runs the United States? Like, I wonder... There had to be conspiracy theorists. Like, that's a, not a new thing. But I wonder how they... What they were. And it's funny, because they really want to get disseminated. If you were a conspiracy theorists in your town, it's not like you were printing up leaflets. You would just tell everyone in town, you're like, well, you know that Roanoke was an inside job. People are like, what? And then once you died out, it would be gone. You, you wouldn't be able to leave any record of your crazy conspiracy theories. Unlike today, um, because of Angel Fire, everyone's conspiracy theory lasts forever. But he was a local weirdo, and he believed in the paranormal and stuff like that. And again, in America, we had a big spiritualism revival. America's always been a fairly paranormal-believing country. Um, it's Actually, I should do an episode on that, because Americans in general tend to really believe in the paranormal. In Europe and stuff, they believed in witches and devils and stuff like that. You had a lot of Catholic influence and pagan influence and stuff like that. Sure, but eventually they're like, well, we don't believe in that anymore. But Americans were really get into the spiritualism like the turn of the century. But even for that place in that period of time, people thought this dude was a weirdo. And some guy, against all, all judgment, thinks, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pull a prank. I'm going to pull a prank on the one guy in town who's crazy enough to actually do something about it. So basically, old-timey Jake Paul walks up to Webb White and goes, Hey, hey, dude, come here, come here. He has, he has his pilgrim clothes on. The uh, collar's all popped and the shirt's too tight. And he's like, hey, Webb, come here, come here. I got this hilarious thing. To, I mean, not hilarious. I have this totally true thing to tell you, Webb. Come here, come here, come here. You know your neighbor? He's like, yeah. Well, you don't let me finish. You don't let me finish. Did you know your neighbor's wife is actually a witch? Now, that is dangerous to say to someone who's mentally unbalanced. Even today, right? That could obviously cause some problems. I don't know if this old-timey Jake Paul realized what he was doing, but maybe he did, and he's just a psychopath. But Webb White actually believes that uh, witches exist and stuff like that. He totally would have been a fan of this show. And he runs home, and he's like, oh, if my neighbor's wife is a witch, I have to kill her. See, that's not the funny part of the prank, right? That's where the priest says that as he's leaving. He's running away from Jake Paul. He's like, oh, I got to go do something. Jake Paul's laughing and he hears him as he's running off. He's like, I got to do something. I got to load my gun up and I got to kill her. And Jake Paul's like, uh-oh, maybe that joke went too far. Ah, uh, that's okay. I got to go lift weights. So he goes lifts old-timey weights. There's just hay bales. Webb White goes home and he knows an old-timey way to kill a witch. I'd actually never heard of this before. This might work. I'm not saying I'm not recommending it. But apparently, if you take a picture of a witch and you shoot it with silver, wherever the witch is hit, the witch will suffer a wound. So, I mean, I don't have to break it down for you. Obviously, if it gets shot in the hand, oh, my hand hurts. It gets writer's cramp using that feather to write letters. Oh, my hand cramp. 
Shooting on the heart or the head, it will kill the witch. Shoot the picture in the heart or the head, it will kill the witch. Sounds legit. That might actually be, I don't know if this guy's just super crazy, or that might actually be an old world way of getting rid of a witch. But there's one problem with this, right? You need a picture of the witch. You don't can't whip out your cell phone and take a picture of her gardening, right? You can't even have like a Polaroid and take it and you're shaking it. He has to draw a picture of this woman. So now we're getting all sorts of complicated stuff, right? Because unless your artist skills are on point, because you could draw a picture of this woman and then shoot it and then nothing happens. And then like 50 miles away, there's a woman who looks exactly like the drawing. She's like a two-dimensional. Her hair's all scraggly. She wears a dress that looks like a triangle. And all of a sudden she just blows up in her kitchen. Like, it's really hard to draw a picture of someone that is so representative of them that if you shot it, they'd die. Pablo Picasso's like shooting his drawings. Aliens are blowing up on some weird planet. He draws a picture of this witch. So I don't know if it was like a sketch. I don't know if it was this super detailed Bob Ross-styled painting. It's all like watercolors and layers, stuff like that. But he draws a picture of this witch because what else is he going to do? He then takes 10 silver dimes and sticks them in a musket. I mean, this guy, at the very least, is ingenious. Insane. Totally insane. But he takes 10 silver dimes. He puts them in a musket. He hangs the picture up on the outside of his wood house, which is exactly what you think it is. It's a house full of wood. Puts it up on his outside of his wood house. And he takes his musket and he aims it at the picture and goes. <laughs> so he shoots it and the 10 dimes shoot out and it peppers the picture. And then he hears, oh, screaming, (laughs) screaming. If you didn't know what that was, the picture wasn't having an orgasm. He hears the sound of a woman screaming and he goes, Gazooks, I got her and runs off into his neighbor's house. He wants to see what he's actually done to this witch. She's not a woman. She's a witch. She did nothing wrong to him. Remember, someone just came up and said, I think she's a witch. And then he decided to murder her via picture. He breaks into their house. And what he finds is a woman in the kitchen screaming. And nothing else. She's totally fine. She's not obliterated. She has all of her extremities. Her face is totally fine, except for the very loud noise that's coming out of her mouth. And the neighbor jumps up, the husband of the screaming woman, and was like, Webb, what are you doing in my house? What what are you doing? And now, remember, here's the thing. These two people were just sitting there having a nice, quiet evening, casting spells against the non-believers. No, they're just doing normal stuff. They hear a gunshot, and then maybe 45 seconds, a minute later, a man kicks in your door holding a musket. Now, you're lucky, because that musket's going to take at least 12 minutes to reload. Place is going to have to go get more change from the Five and Dime store. But you don't know that. You don't know, he might have a bunch of dimes on him. He might be Scrooge McDuck. So he runs in. The woman's totally fine. She's screaming because a man with a gun just kicked in her house. They call the cops, which back then they didn't have phones. So they just leaned their head out the window and went, cops, cops. And then the cops showed up. So he's being led away in handcuffs. He's like, oh, no, but I swear I shot the picture and I heard a scream. That could have never happened if it wasn't a witch. And that is when we find out how this whole mystery unfolded. So let's go back in time. Rewind this. He has the picture lined up and he's taking the shot. He doesn't know it, but his own wife is in the woodhouse collecting wood. And she has no idea what's going on outside of her shed. 
But then she hears a gunshot super close to her. And she swears someone's shooting at her. We've talked a lot about hearing voices this episode. Man with a gun. There's a picture on a wall. On the other side of the wall is a woman. So when he shoots the picture and doesn't know there's anyone in the room and hears the woman scream, he thinks it's the witch. He thinks he's killed the witch. But he turns out that it was really just... (laughs) He really just shot at his poor wife. For the most part, he got like... uh, arrested for like breach of peace is kind of what it was charged for he didn't get arrested for attempted murder of a witch he didn't get arrested for shooting a drawing after 6 p.m which is against the law in chrisfield maryland he didn't get it's just basically like breach of peace but they said in this article that when he broke into the house and he saw that the woman was okay he flipped out Imagine being disappointed that someone didn't someone didn't disintegrate from your magic spell. I you can you think he he heard that it he ran inside the room, kicks in the door, and sees that a woman is not a puddle of goo full of you know silver dimes and stuff like that. Just a woman holding a turkey she just pulled out of the oven. Did they have ovens back then? Holding a turkey she just pulled off the fireplace. So part part of the breach of peace one was I don't think it was against a lot of fire muskets. Kicking in someone else's door, screaming that they're not disintegrated. You probably probably get to charge for that, right? We don't know what happened to any of these characters. We don't know what happened to time-traveling Jake Paul. Well, we do. Now he's in our era. Causing chaos. That's why the feds arrested him the other day. He had had drawings of all these witches around. He's like, if it worked back then. Wait, it didn't work back then. (laughs) It totally failed. He takes them all down. And the feds just arrest him anyways. Allegedly. But anyways, we don't know what happened to Webb White. We don't know what happened to the wife. His wife probably got said, no more shooting at me. Webb, I know you're crazy, but you crossed the line when you opened fire in that shed I was in. He's like, oh, we don't know what happened. He probably went. Uh, this would really solidify his if he if he was trying to get rid of that town weirdo vibe he was giving. This wouldn't help. But a small town story featuring a Jake Paul. <laughs> she didn't expect that. A crazy man and a woman accused of witchcraft. Out of all this stuff, I think the most compelling thing is that idea of if you shoot a picture of a witch with silver, it'll damage them. So let that be a warning to all of you out there who practice the dark arts and and look like a cartoon character that's easily drawn. You may think you're getting away with casting spells and uh, eating frogs or or whatever, whatever you do, dark evil witches of the world. You may think you're getting away with it, but someday... Someday, some kid at school may be drawing a picture. He's drawing a picture, and it's like just a picture of like a of, of just like a witch, right? And then, but it looks like you. It looks like you. And then he goes, "Hey, Bobby, can I <laughs> can I borrow that silver colored crown?" And the guy's like, "You mean a crayon?" He's like, "Whatever, just give me give me your give me your crowns, give me your crowns." So he takes out the silver colored crown, and he's like drawn on the witch stuff he's like drawn more on the witch and you you're in albuquerque new mexico you're washing your dishes that you just used this was your nice china you use when you summon the dark lord and you're like oh that was such a nice visit from him but now it's time to do my dishes and you feel your arms start to itch and you're like what oh that's weird but you don't really think anything of it you don't know about this old world remedy for witch witchcraft and so then this kid is, is like oh okay i'm done drawing the arm hey um, Tony, do you still have that uh, silver marker that actually has silver in it? It's like it cost your dad a thousand dollars. Can I borrow that? And they're like, "Yeah, 
It actually has silver flakes in it. And he's now he's like drawing on on the truth. <laughs> he's just drawing on the drawing, but it's like on the face. And now you're back in Albuquerque, and you're trying to watch an episode. What show do witches watch? You're trying to watch an episode of Gilmore Girls. Because I swear to God, the only reason that show lasted on the air was some sort of black magic. That show was insufferable. This witch is watching Gilmore Girls. She's like casting a spell. She's like, stay on the air. Have a reunion show. And then her face starts itching. Oh, what? What? <laughs> this is the worst thing that's happened to me. My arm itches and now my face itches. Ugh. Oh, it's weird. My face is itching. And then we flash back to little boy. And he's like, hmm, I've used a silver... <laughs> I have a silver fetish, apparently. I have used silver crayon. And I've used a silver marker. But this is boring. I've decided to draw like a rocket ship or something else. So he crumbles the paper up. And then he like was walking down the street. <laughs> he used the paper the whole time. He has a he has this thing. He can't let go of things. And then he sees like um, there's a river. Uh, there's a river of molten silver. He's in Silvertown, Nevada. And he throws the paper into the silver river. And then the but we go back to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And her spell was successful. Gilmore Girls was renewed for another forty seasons. The, the plague is upon us. The fourth seal has been opened. But while she's laying in bed, she starts itching again, which again isn't the worst thing. Just Papa Benadryl. And she starts itching again. She's like, ah. And then her bed catches on fire and uh, she dies. Obviously, right? That's more than an itch. Witches of the world beware. We know the only reason Gilmore Girls exist is because of you. And we now know your weakness. A drawing, <laughs> a simple drawing of a witch infused with silver can stop your evil deeds. So witches of the world, beware. If you continue to practice your dark arts and curse this land. Some people look up at the clouds and they see gnomes flown around. Some people look up at the clouds and they see, <laughs> they don't see gnomes, they just see normal clouds. But witches, I want you to look up and look at those clouds. And you see, hmm, that's weird, that cloud's awfully gray. And it's coming right at me. It's coming right at me. And you know why it's coming? <laughs> you know why it's coming right at you? Because th that cloud has a silver lining. So it's, so it's going to like get him? Because the silver thing? And hope! It plays in the whole hope thing. Every cloud has a silver lining. Except for witches. They don't count. They, they, they become drawings and melt in silver. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. But I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys. I love you, and I will see you Monday. <laughs>